Adventures in Audio Land, welcome to Point Noir. I'm your host, Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, and I'm very pleased to welcome you back for our second session of the Point Noir podcast. Here we feature and celebrate travel stories of men of color, and today is no exception. Y'all get ready. This is gonna be a hell of an episode. Had a great time recording this, and uh, I know you guys are going to really enjoy listening to it. As always, leave us feedback. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, at Jerry underscore the third. Let me know what you think of the guests, the show format. We're always trying to improve, so we definitely want to hear back from you. So as always, sit back, relax, grab a beverage of choice, and enjoy your visit at The Point. Joining us today at The Point, we have Zaire Roberts, a multi-talented young man with a deep bag of travel stories. You can keep up with his adventures on Instagram at za underscore pas de deux, and we'll have that clearly written out on the show notes and on our page on Instagram. Listen, we just kick it on this one. We talk about his first journey overseas to Germany at the age of 16, some funny stories and the influence of his mother, and why it never hurts to have a friend with a boat. As facts, y'all. Some solid gems in this one, and I sincerely hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. So without further delay, let's jump into the session. Zaire, welcome to Point Noir, fam. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Excited you're on because I don't know so much about your story, but I feel like it's full of tales galore, man. Yeah, my friends always tell me I should write a book, but I always think I'm the least interesting person in a room. So, uh, that yeah. <laughs> as, as someone who feels like they're probably the most interesting person in a room, that's how we all feel. It's fine. I get it. <laughs> you balances, know. man. Balances. <laughs> yeah you can't, you can't be good at everything can't be good at everything um well awesome dude excited you had some time to, to spend with us here today um let's just get it going uh could you tell us a little bit about yourself kind of where you're from um what led you into travel we'll, we'll start there uh so yeah so i'm from jersey city new jersey um, hey east coast beast coast rep it. East, east coast is the beast coast man um i like to consider myself uh like I consider Jersey City like the the sixth borough. Okay, uh, we're so close to New York City, like you know. Uh, yeah, the, you can see it. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Like the Statue of Liberty is literally in my backyard. Like I remember passing it all the time. But like true locals to areas like with monuments like that, like I don't recall ever seeing it until I was like an adult, like actually going up into the the statue. It's like a right. adult when that happened. Um, but yeah, I kind of bounced around uh, South Georgia, North Florida is where I spent the years that matter. So I kind of claimed Florida mm-hmm. uh, because those that's where I spent the years where I kind of figured out who I was in this world and, and who I wanted to be and, and who I am and where I'm from uh, in North Florida. So I'm a country boy at heart because that's where I spent most of my time at, you know, barefoot at the river, um, sneaking beers from convenience stores, you know, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> well, I, I got a country question for you, and this might be not country enough. Um, on Instagram today, I was at the, I posted a picture of a gallon of water I picked up at the store, and I wanted to know who knew how much a gallon of water weighed. Because um, when I was younger, I used to spend a lot of time in the Appalachian Mountain Trails, hiking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so your pack weight was important. So I know how much a gallon of water weighs. Do you know how much a gallon of water weighs? Not a trick question. I'm just curious. 
Um, okay, so I'm about to do a little bit of math. Uh, okay. Kind of a nerd. Okay. So I know that 16 ounces make a pound. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, it's maybe maybe like two and a half, three pounds almost? Okay, so that would get you to uh, half a gallon. There are eight pounds in a gallon of water, so that makes me think they're, yeah, eight, 16 ounces in a gallon. But you did it a real intelligent way. You used the math, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of kind of a nerd in some areas in that way. Um, also, you know, we're traveling a lot. Like, we have to be very conscious of, like, our bag weight. Um, and most of the time when I get to the airport, like, I'm, like, praying and praying and praying that it's not over. And it's usually over, but, you know... <laughs> A good smile and no speak English will get you a lot of places. <laughs> yes, in, in many places. Um, the, the French kind of have, a, I, I don't know if there's a phrase for it, but there, there's a flexibility with the rules I learned when I was out in Paris. It's like, yeah, these are the rules, but you know what I'm saying? Everything is bendable. It's like the Matrix. Every rule. Every rule is. Uh, and on Paris, no, I love Paris, by the way. That is one of, like, um, so I, I was telling you offline, like, I read a lot. Um, yeah. And Paris is so pivotal to, to the black arts. Um, my idol was James Baldwin. Yeah, bro. Paris. Um, you know, it's just it's just such a welcoming place. Um, yeah, it, I, I love Paris. I love Paris. I love Paris. Yeah, man, Paris has, has a lot of history. And uh, not to get too off topic there, actually, last I checked, there were three separate uh, walking tours that taught you about black American history in the city of light. So if you haven't checked out one of those, or maybe you've done enough reading to get around it, um, I can hook you up with some people, some other uh, readers and um, historians who, who are really on their game. Definitely. I would love, I would definitely love to do that. I would love yeah, to bro. I was a tour guide for the company for a year. So, so I got, I got you on the, I got the plug for you. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Let me get that coupon discount. <laughs> <laughs> now they'll probably ask you to lead the tour after a couple minutes with you, man. You got a lot of energy. I love it. Um, so, okay. So let, let's talk about some of the, the adventures and places you've gone and then we'll pick a few to focus on, but yeah, let's go there. Uh, wow. Um, ah, uh, wow. Uh, I've kind of done, I've done a lot of stuff uh, when I travel. Um, I try to stay, when I first started out traveling, like I, I, I was really big on like the touristy stuff. Like I need to be by the Eiffel Tower. I need to go to the Louvre. I need to go see the Great Wall. Yeah. And then, you know, you do those in a couple of places and you start to realize like you come home and people ask you like, you know, what was it like? And you're like, oh, well, yeah, the Great Wall was this. And they're like, well, what was the people like? And it's like, well, I really don't know because everyone around me were tourists. And so, um, as I started really developing myself as a traveler, like I really started getting off the beaten path. And so um, that really led me to some of the greatest adventures I've ever had. And granted, you know, I'm only 28 now. Um, so up to this point, the greatest adventure for me had been prom. But now that I've really gotten off the beaten path, like I've really had some really great times and really connected with some really cool, cool people. Um, I'll say probably one of my favorite memories is in the Philippines. Um, when I travel, I try to hook up with, uh, like, fishermen mm -hmm. um, because they typically are the heartbeat of a lot of these um, coastal communities because they control the food source. Right. And it never hurts to have a friend with a boat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a quote. That, you know what? Whatever happens to this episode, that's going to be a quote for you, my friend. It never hurts <laughs> to have a friend with the boat. It, it doesn't uh, because it's... Because people who boat, it, I don't care whether it's a 
75 foot yacht, 200 foot yacht, or if it's a small dinghy with a, with a, with a Honda engine connected to a motor, like it, a boat is a boat and that lifestyle of being out on, on the, on the water is definitely a, uh, it's a vibe. It's a chill, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they're really, really cool people who do a lot of um, reflection because you spend all that time out there by yourself. And they're usually the most popular people in town who have connections with everybody from restaurants to the five-star hotels all the way down to the local lady who makes, you know, food for everybody and everybody buys plates from her. Um, they know it all. And that's who you, you have to know. But in the, uh, the Philippines, um, I linked up with a fisherman who sold the fish to the, to the hotel I was staying at. Um, and he took me out for the day. Um, all the boat tours had been canceled because there was supposed to be like a monsoon coming in. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that because I don't speak Tagalog. Um, and so, Perfect. you know, they, they were like, yeah, you know, the boat tour has been canceled. And, you know, uh, <laughs> in true American fashion, I was like, I'm an American. Nothing's canceled for me. What do you mean? And, <laughs> the world they, is my oyster, damn it. Yeah, it this yeah. is my oyster. This is my life. I'm on vacation. You will give me a goddamn boat. I don't care what you say. Wake him up. Find somebody to drop his goddamn <laughs> Wake <boat>. him up. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the, the hotel... Uh, what I also learned too in, in travel is that everywhere else in the world, you give someone an answer and it's okay, that's it. You leave. You don't owe them an explanation. Uh, but being the American that I am, I need an explanation. <laughs> explanation for why we're not going. Uh, so you know, she the the hotel the the, the concierge said that the the tours have been canceled. Didn't me, didn't give me any reason. So I'm out, you know, just sitting out reading. And um, the fisherman was bringing his boat in. And so I was like, hey, man, like, you speak English? He's like, yeah, a little. You know, we start chopping it up. And he was like, well, I'll take you in the morning because uh, I've got to go fish. So uh, we went out. We fished. Um, he taught me to trot lobster mm. in a two-liter bottle. That, and that, that's hood. That's hood, as, <laughs> that's hood as hell. Like, I was like, I'm really out here trapping. I'm, I'm, I'm trapping a delicacy in a two-liter trash bottle. Uh, and you know, he gave me some snorkel gear, taught me how to like dive off, go and check my traps, uh, swim back up. He had a friend that like lived off to like a, like, you know, like a little area where he frequently like fishes at. Um, we rolled over his friend built a fire. We, we grilled the lobsters right out there. They were just caught and kind of just spent the whole day just like drinking beer and just like sharing each other's stories with each other. Um, and what it taught me was that, you know, Life is so, so crazy how connected we are. Yeah. Because, you know, growing up in the country, you know, um, you know, we would try to like trap crawfish mm-hmm. you know, in small little riverbeds for like little small things that we found. And I forgot about those experiences thinking, you know, those that's just children being children. But that's a transferable skill that people are making a way of life out of um, and other places. And it just showed how truly connected the human experience is. Um, and so that's one of like my fondest memories. But I've I've kind of had from wild drug, drugged out, crazy nights, um, all the way down to like simple, simply just like reading and catching a glimpse of the moon and really being awestruck at like the beauty of Earth and the beauty of the human existence and what it means to truly be alive. You know? Yeah, man. And that that variety of, of perspective and experience just just adds to to what makes you you and how you decide to carve your, you know, navigate your path through the world. I mean, that's, it's, it's all value added. Um, 
that's awesome and yeah it never hurts to have a friend with a boat that's yeah that's that's a keeper <laughs> um yeah that's a keeper so that's cool um i oh i didn't mean to cut you off what were you saying no you're fine no 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 girl. i was saying it's really cool to hear that you've had so many experiences at a young age i mean i'm 28 myself just turned 28 um and it sounds like you've been able to do this pretty regularly so a question that that clearly comes to mind is kind of what got you started in this path what what was the appeal you know that first trip you know being a tourist is is one thing um and there are many americans who never leave the country you know um was what was it that 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 inspired you to to leave in the first place i think um my my family jokingly calls my mom a gypsy mm -hmm. they say that my mom's got gypsy blood because we moved around a lot yeah. And the way my mom found where we moved to South Florida was uh, we had kind of like a, a family tragedy happen. And she literally opened a map and closed her eyes and placed her finger down on the map and was like, that's where we're moving. Um, so I think through my mom, we've always I've, I've gained that spirit of just get up and try it. Yeah. Um, and then growing up, she always instilled that in us. Like if, if you said to my mom today, like even even this morning, I had the conversation with her. I was like, you know, mom. I think I want to try this. And she was like, okay, cool. Google some places, see how much it costs. I'll see how much I can like shoot you towards it. Um, and then let's try it. And I was like, but mom, that's a completely asinine, you know, idea. It was some, it was some stupid. Like I wanted to try, like take a clown class. Um, and she was like, yeah, no, try it. See if you like it. That may be something for you. Um, so I've always kind of had that bug, but I really did not get bit by the travel bug until I was like 16 and uh, what happened was a group of friends. Um, so growing up in the country, um, in small towns, uh, you hear about in, 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 in mainstream society, rather, mm -hmm. you hear about foreign exchange students. Yeah. Um, but when we lived in bigger cities, I never truly knew who was a foreign exchange student because everyone had accents and, and bigger cities. Like you take Jersey city, New York, where everybody is from somewhere. Right. You, you never really get to separate, okay, you're not from here and you're only here for a limited time um, until we moved to the country and, you know, meeting the foreign exchange students that came to our school, they were like, oh, you guys should totally come. Um, you know, they're at 16, 15, 17, and they're in a foreign country staying with a foreign family for months for a full school year on end. Um, and just hearing, you know, their lifestyle I was like, that's cool as hell. And I think I would like to try that. And so, uh, we got the opportunity. Um, the school had set up like a cultural exchange with a set of German students. Um, my principal was going through her doctoral uh, process and that was one of the things that she talked about. So she opened it up to uh, people who would host, uh, the students who had hosted a foreign exchange student. And I had a foreign exchange student stay at my house. Funny story mm -hmm. about that too is that um, my mom's a very get up and do it myself kind of person. Uh, so she did not like the, the floors in the kitchen. She had been wanting the floors retiled for a while. My stepdad was like, no, this is under the budget, yada, yada, yada. So my mom woke up one morning, and I remember gospel music blaring. I'm like, oh, crap, we got to clean up. <laughs> uh, but much more than clean up, my mom was in the kitchen pulling up tile and retiling the kitchen herself. Wow. <laughs> for the foreign exchange student, she was like, I don't want him to come here and see these floors and think we've got terrible floors terrible taste. In is your mom from the West so Indies by any chance? You know, uh, it's funny. We're not sure where my grandfather is from. Um, he was adopted very early in his life mm. um, uh, by white people. Um, 
So I grew up with um, I grew up with white cousins who we knew they they were Italians, um, and we never really got the opportunity to uh, dig deep into where he's from. But I assume so. The way my mom's work ethic is, <laughs> and the way my mother's work ethic is, um, yeah, I would not be. Shout out to the culture because that is that is some West Indie shit right there. I love it. That that is it. And my mom would be like, "Y'all get out of my way because you're gonna ruin it." Move. I got this. right. And so she got up and towel the kitchen herself. Never took a masonry class ever. This is before YouTube tutorials was big. Right. I don't know where my mom even got the idea from, but I assume she got down to the store and was like, I'm finna towel the kitchen. What do I need? And just went from there and read instructions. And it looked right too, though. It looked good. That kitchen floor was immaculate. Yep. Like I've, ne- I've never seen something. And I'm, I'm still amazed to this day. And I joke with her all the time, like, Mom, you're really probably the baddest bitch since Beyonce. Like, <laughs> how do you tile a kitchen yourself with no skills? Hey, you know that's the culture. That's nothing. That's nothing but the culture right there. I love it. Right, but yeah. So, uh, so we I hosted the current the the foreign exchange student. He stayed with us uh, the entire school year. A uh, really cool guy, Aziz. Um, he's Turkish. He's from Germany, small town in Germany, uh, called uh, Whippertil. Um, and it's right outside of this town called Aachen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we kind of bonded that year, of course. You know, the stranger living in your house, you have to bond. Um, and so the, the time came where my principal invited us to go on the trip. So, you know, everything got set up. Um, and before we could give the um, invitations to our mom, like let's say she set it up on a Monday, she sent out the notice, had a meeting with everyone who hosted a foreign exchange student that year on like a Monday. Right. And was, okay, we're going to plan this trip. It's happening. Yada, yada, yada. Um, I'll get the forms to you Wednesday. Let your parents know. Um, but come Tuesday, uh, she had given us the news that the trip had folded and it wasn't going to happen. Um, so now you've got, you know, a group of like 16 angsty small town kids who are now enamored with the idea of, yeah, I'm going to Germany for the summer who are let down. So me and my friends kind of, you know, rallied everybody together and we devised a plan to make the trip happen without adult supervision. <laughs> okay. I, I like, I like where this is going though. Really? This is, I mean, that, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, cause listen, even at that age, you said, you know, this is possible and, and let's, let's find a way to make it happen. So, so yeah. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So, um, so we all kind of met up one night. We told our parents we were having like study session. Um, which really turned into sitting around drinking beers that we like stole from each other's parents and wine and, you know, like smoking weed and shit like what true American teenagers do. Right. Um, and so he's like, how are we going to make this happen? And uh, one of my friends, they were like, you know, let's, let's just tell our parents that each other of our parents are going to chaperone it and we'll be the point of reference. Like we'll be the point of contact if they call with any questions. Um, and you know, this, this happened in May, right before school got out. Um, we were trying to make it happen in June, late June, early July. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. So of course I'm in a room full of Caucasian children who are very well off, uh, only little black bug in the, in, in, in the mix of white beetles. 
And so I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, sure, cool. But in the back of my mind, I was like, man, your mom ain't going for this shit. Right. It's cool, but y'all have fun. <laughs> we have accountability so, in our culture. <laughs> yeah, we've got accountability. We've got account. My mom was like, man, first off, I seen the kid, the school with these kids. You're not supposed to be friends with these kids. Get this out of your mind. You're not going out of the country. First off, I was like 17, and we didn't have a curfew. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew better than to come in my mom's house at an unrespectable, at a disrespectable time. Right. So, you know, eight o'clock, I'm in the house, car parked. And if I got to go anywhere else, it's like, hey, mom, can I have permission? But my friends, you know, they're out and about everywhere they want to be, but I still have to ask for, for, for permission, even though I had my own car at the time. Um, and she didn't set rules, but we just still knew respect. Like, I, I didn't want to test and see what happened if we broke a rule. Right, I didn't want to find out that there was a rule that I was unaware of. I got you. Listen, <laughs> listen that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Tie the mess out of that ass. Be like, <laughs> right, and my, and my mom's a lefty, so you really can't fight lefties too well if you're not skilled in fighting lefties. So, look, I was not taking any chances. Facts. Um, and so what happened was... Um, like it, the the day before the last day of school, my mom was up at the school because again, it's a very small community. Maybe twenty five hundred people live in the town, um, so it's not uncommon for your mom to be up there to be cool with your teachers because everybody knows each other. Right. Um, and so my mom came up there to go have lunch with one of my teachers, um, just you know, just shooting the shits. And um, one of my friends that was involved, um, I'll call her JP because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to fully incriminate her because to this day we we were sworn to secrecy. She appreciates that. There you go. Right. <laughs> uh, so JP saw my mom was like, yeah, so did Zod tell you about the trip? My dad's totally cool with, you know, chaperone us, yada, yada, yada. So when my mom brought it up to me later that night, she was like, yeah, I talked to JP. She said, Coach P is going to uh, chaperone you guys on the trip. I think it'd be dope. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. But, you know, in, the, in my mind, I'm still nervous, you know, that it's all going to fall to hell and my mom is going to kill me when she finds out the truth. Uh, but we went with it. And so, um, over the coming weeks, my mom was, you know, tucking away dollars here and there, calling my grandparents, aunts, uncles, like, Hey, he's got this trip. He's got this opportunity to go to Germany, send him some money, $20 helps, $50 helps here and there. And she kind of crowdsourced and, and fundraise it, fundraise the money wow. for me to go from there. Um, and, once she, you know, kind of signed off on it, we was like, wow, like, I'm really going. Like, this is really about to happen. Um, so, you know, June, late June comes. We board the flight. We go. Uh, and we were doing fine for about two weeks. <laughs> uh, until JP's oldest sister, who was dating a guy, her parents kind of, like, forbid her to see. Um, he was much older. Um, we were, like, 17. He was, like, 22, 23. Yeah. Um, he was kind of like a hippie and a nomad in that sense um, early on. And he was going to be in Germany, so she tagged along on the trip. And so she had her own credit card because she had graduated that year. And her parents were sending her off to college. So, you know, in typical um, affluent fashion, she had resources. Right. So she booked all of our hotels. She was booking the travel. We just gave her the cash for it. And that's how we went from there. And about two weeks into the trip, um, we checked into a hotel in Berlin and she gave them the wrong credit card. She gave them a credit card that was in her father's name, but the room was booked under her name. Uh. So when they went to swipe the card, it kind of gave like a flag, like, hey, this isn't right, you know, call and get approval. 
she called her parents or the hotel called the parents to get authorization and that's when shit hit the fan from there wow i've never been so nervous in my life um, <laughs> like when her her dad thankfully approved the transaction and was like hold them there do not let them leave that hotel until we get there oh snap y'all was on lockdown we were on lockdown we were confined to one room and you know those everyone who travels knows that only in america do you get king and queen size beds everywhere um so it's like 10 of us trapped in in a room with two twin beds it was so uncomfortable yo Um, y'all was on virtual jedi remote lockdown on remote lockdown like they they really did have a security guard at our door round the clock to make sure that we did not leave per our parents request and every time the phone rang everybody's heart dropped (laughs) (laughs) because we all knew that it was going to be one of our parents um so once your parents called like you were now on phone duty to answer and kind of shield and get the next person ready for the call um and my mom was like the fourth parent to call and that was the longest most embarrassing conversation I had ever had in front of my friends because you you don't want to be the uncool kid who's got rules and shit right? right Um, and so, you know, everybody else's parents were like, you know, we're disappointed in you. How dare you betray our trust? My mom went in. She was like, you let these fucking white people get you to goddamn Europe. What if some shit would have happened? You think they would have had your fucking back? These white people ain't got your back. They not your friends. And my friends are listening to this. Yeah, they were like, oh, my God. Wait, does, does he mean us? Are we the white people? <laughs> Jackie, is she talking about? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so bro. For, and you know what's crazy, you know, growing up in rural America, I, I know now, in hindsight, um, that their parents had similar conversations about race um, when it came to Black and Hispanics and other persons of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, like, living in that bubble of thinking, you know, like, everyone's your friend. Like, there's no racism. Racism doesn't exist because, you know, I've got white friends yeah. who are cool and their parents invite me over. So they can't feel that way about me. Um so I was extra embarrassed for them to know that my mom still had kind of this archaic view of society or what I thought at the time was archaic because I, you know, thinking we're progressive, you know, right. we, we live in a society where, you know, racism is dead. Everyone loves everybody and respects people off the basis of their word. Um, but as I know now, as I've gotten a little older, I know that that is not the case. <laughs> it's not the case. So, it's sad that, but that, that is the truth. It is sometimes the upheld uh, illusion, but, um, I could do. I'm just imagining. So I'm thinking back to like the last time I was really on lockdown like that. So you know, you got in trouble at school because I, I was a latchkey kid. We're the same age, but I, mm-hmm. I'm 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 like an '80s '70s latchkey kid. So I would come home to an empty house. And I remember uh, I messed up in school. This is like kindergarten or something. And so you know, I had a key to the house, let myself in. My mom had left a note on the door saying that I was to go to my room and do nothing else and wait till she got home. And I'm thinking about me sitting in my room waiting for my mom to come home, knowing that she was only like an hour out. But knowing that your people's was like an eight hour plane ride, a 10 hour plane ride and a couple of days out, bruh, like you might have gotten your first gray hairs on that one. It it was scary because I, I knew that my mom, I knew my mom financially could not afford to just hop on the plane like everyone else's parents could to come and check in, you know, um, 
really honestly the only parents who could truly afford to show up and chastise us were 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 JP and KP's parents. Right. Um, but even still, I'm like, they're not my mama and they white, so they probably <laughs> just gonna yell at us and we're gonna be fine. Right. Um, we'll hold hands and I skip was, into the sunset. It'll be awesome. You know, right. They're just gonna tell us we're disappointed, take us out to lunch, and then you know everything will be cool. <laughs> but I was still scared. Yeah. That my mom was going to find a way to get to Germany, to get to Berlin, and beat the living hell out of me. Bring that heat. Uh, Damn. Damn. Yeah, so yeah, so she kind of cussed me out, um, and and uh, that's where I got the uh, got, I got bit by the travel bug. KP's parents showed up um, and did exactly as I expected, took us out to dinner, told us they were disappointed in us, <laughs> um, but Coach P was super cool. And that, you know, when, when his wife wasn't around, he was just like, y'all, you guys are, are fucking lit. Like, I would have never been able to pull this off. I commend you guys. Thank you guys for not going to jail. You guys look like you've had an amazing time so far. Um, so he was like, I'm going to smooth everything else over with the adults. If you guys give me your word that nobody's going to get, you know, abducted, kidnapped, drugged, or go to jail, um, I'll work it over with the parents that you guys stay and finish out the remainder of your trip. Wow. And... So we gave him our word, and we had a remaining two weeks of of of, of travel bliss. Like we we toured Germany for pretty much a month at at sixteen, um, with no adult supervision. Um, when I got home, I I thought she had forgot. Um, <laughs> which and you know, looking back in hindsight, I can understand why she was so hurt. Because when I got back to Germany, my mom picked me up in in my in my car. She had got me a car that summer. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why she had got me a car, cause she's like, he's so responsible. I can trust him. I know he's going to do the right thing. So that hurt me more than, than the ass whooping that did follow. Uh, I'm not, I did not go away scot-free. <laughs> he whooped my ass. Um, uh, my auntie tried to fight me. She tried to box me. Um, me and my dad got into it. it I definitely got my share of, of, of fisticuffs over, over the trip, but that was like my first international trip that was like yeah you can do this you can you can definitely do this yeah and you put enough on the you know on the line at that age that you probably need a few more trips just to make sure you broke even um yeah yeah but <laughs> return on investment you, exactly i need this roi so uh, i'm gonna just do this now <laughs> um but you know it, it's really interesting for, for those who maybe haven't ventured out to europe so much or don't know the culture is that for them traveling you know having that gap year whatever after 16 after high school is normal like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's a regular occurrence so it's interesting that um you know here in the states we don't let our kids really do much uh because Mm -hmm. of this fear of pending danger or going to jail like you were talking about and yeah things happen but it's like there are apparently way more responsible kids in europe but that's not the case you know i think it's just the access to experiences like you had um yeah and your your parents fighting you. Listen, I think my parents they they don't want to fight me anymore, or maybe ever. But it's just <laughs> wanting you to be safe, bro. It's knowing that yeah. you know that in these areas, in these suburbs, in the states, you know we're somewhat of an endangered species, uh, sought mm-hmm. as you know seen as as super predators, as as some political mm-hmm. parties might say. Um, we're seen mm-hmm. as threats, you know, and th- that would be heartbreaking for them. So the ass whoopings are love. I wish we could find a different way to express it, but you know, shoot. And I will say that that, that trip grew the relationship between my parents and I because afterwards they they kind of kept me, they kind of kept me sheltered. Like my my dad's a Muslim, mm-hmm. um, and and that 
you know, I've always grown up aware of black history and, and the, the plight of the black man in America yeah. uh, and a, in the world over, um, per se. Um, but they kind of kept me sheltered from what was really truly going on in the outside world and how we're, we are truly perceived um, as, as black people. And so after that, like my parents really kind of pulled the scales from my eyes and let me know, like, this is how the world sees you. Um, and up until that point, you know, you had, we, we've had the talks, like, you know, you get pulled over, you say, yes, sir, no, sir, keep your, your hands in plain sight, all of those things, even, and, and it's so crazy in hindsight, now that, I, now that I think about it, one of my neighbors, her son uh, was in Texas at school, um, and he was beat and drugged by some white nationalists wow. from the back of the truck and murdered. Um, and, you know, I remember them talking about the story and, you know, telling us, you know, that it's not safe out here, but you know, you chalked it up and they kind of chalked it up for us to keep us with that hope that, you know, life is going to be good and, and, and that you, if you do right by people, they'll do right by you. Mm. Um, they didn't really go into the, the, the real message behind how unsafe it is for us, uh, black people, black males specifically, and, and the world over. Um, but after that trip, like my parents really started breaking stuff down to me and really grew me up really quick. And was like, okay, you want to be grown, you want to see the world this is what you must know about who you are and how the world perceives you. Um, and so that was kind of like my, my turning point. Um, and up until that point, I really was only interested in, in Europe, um, traveling to Europe because that's where my friends were going on, on holiday with their families. And that's where all the foreign exchange students were from. But after that, that conversation, like I really became grounded in wanting to see the world and see where people of color come from and how they live and to immerse myself um, and, and into the culture. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent, man. Um, and it, it's really interesting because when you, you know, we, we kind of have to have this optimism and I, I'm all about positivity and being optimistic because otherwise, why would you get up in the morning? But things do happen. But when you consider some people's argument for not traveling, like, Oh, well you hear it's so crazy out and such and such. And it's like, did you just forget what happened to your brother last week or last year or yeah. six months ago? So it's almost like, I better travel. It's, it's, it's all like travel, explore, or die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's crazy because when my, my friends that have that excuse of, you know, the world's so unsafe and I don't know, they'll turn around in the same breath and be like, oh, well, I was in the store today. They follow me and I wasn't doing nothing. It's like, don't you see the, the that this is the exact same thing? Like, get out and see the world. And they actually are a little bit more tolerable, as I've seen in, in other countries. Like, they have their problems and their issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I've seen, like, you know, for the most part, except Asians, um, I don't know if this will get me in trouble, but I do not like traveling to China, uh, because I feel like a museum exhibit. Everyone calls you Uh, James Harden. No, um, funny is, uh, in China, this lady was like, oh, we love empire. We love empire. Um, and, and, you know, like my nine to five per se is I'm an actor and a writer Mm -hmm. and I just to come off a set of auditions for Empire. So I was kind of salty. I didn't get it. So for her to bring up Empire, I was a little, little heated. But then she was <laughs> like, we love Empire. We love it. Um, she was like, can we take a picture? We love you on the show. And so, you know, I'm like, you know, foreigner abroad. They think I'm a celebrity. I'll, I'll go with it. You know, they're buying drinks. They're enjoying it. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Take my picture. They'll never get back to me. Um, until I actually watch, because I have a rule, I don't watch things that I audition for and don't get, mm-hmm. which is why I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I, I like to read. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to read because I, I was not up for a part in this goddamn book. 
So I'm gonna read this book instead. <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps me from being jealous yeah. um other people's, you know, success. Uh but yeah, so I got back home and um I was like, well let me watch Empire and see who she thought I was. Saw nobody dark skinned except for Bunky, which was um this over he was he was heavy set, dark skinned guy who they killed in like I think season one uh for crossing um for crossing like Lucius and, and Cookie. And I was like, I know she didn't think I was goddamn bunky. <laughs> I know this lady did not think I was bunky. <laughs> so from there, like I, I just had it, I got I got it like this kind of discord for for for, for Chinese people. Um and and just in Thai and in Thailand uh last month. Um, me and a group of friends, uh, were in Thailand and we kind of spent like, like, uh, 15 days kind of wandering around Okay. and we did, you know, the Fifi Island stuff. Um, and we all wore, um, same, we all wound up in similar colored, um, or color coordinated bathing suits just by happenstance, I guess, because dark skin people know what looks good for their skin. Um, and you know, we're trying to get them double taps on the ground. Fair, fair. So you want to look your best. So we all wound up in similar, uh, in similar bathing suits, and uh, they were just so enamored. And people would sneak and take pictures, and and come and ask to take pictures of us, and just stare. Um, and it reminds me of uh, uh, the Sarah. I think her name is Sarah or Bartram or Sarah Barty. Mm-hmm. Hot and top Venus. The, yeah, the hot and top Venus. Like it, it kind of reminded me of that. And I, I, after you know, the first couple of times, it's cool. It's like, oh yeah, they think we're, you know, we think we're an oddity. They think we're exotic. It's great to get the recognition that you don't get in the states. Um, but then after a while, it, it just started to feel like we were in a petting zoo. Yeah, you know. So that's kind of like my Discord. Like you know, y'all just watch TV, YouTube shit. Like you've seen, you can see black people, so that you don't have to do these things. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, and dude, for as much as you've traveled and, you know, as much as you own your experience, I mean, own that too. It's a big world. You ain't got to see it all, all the time. I mean, there are places of the world where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't interest me so much. Like it just is what it is, but at least you've been there and been able to get an opinion for yourself rather than just go off the word of somebody else, you know? Yeah. And which is why it's weird for, um, to be like deemed like a travel influencer. Um, cause I, I don't, I don't deem my opinion or at least I don't, uh, the way I live, and I feel like I live the most basic of lives, um, to where I challenge every information I'm given. Yeah. So to be a travel influencer, to me, I'm like, nobody is going to just take my word for it and say, I have to go here because he said it. I'm going to figure out if I like this place and do my research and then go on my own. But as I'm seeing, like, people definitely take people's opinions uh, very serious, and they, they do take it into consideration. Um, but I've always been the type that's like... A, I think it's cool. I'm going to try it. And if I don't, I didn't like it. At least I can say for myself, I didn't like it. I didn't go by what someone else said um, about whether how cool it was because their interests aren't my interests. We can be best of friends. And what I find cool, you won't find cool. All right. You know, because it's some places that I go to that it's just like I much rather just be here to sit out and read and lay in the sun for a while rather than, you know, experience culture and go see this monument and go see this person and go to this nightclub and have this experience. It's just honestly being away from people where I can relax and just read. Um, that to me has kind of shaped a lot of the places that I really enjoy. I feel that, dude. I definitely uh, need to start cultivating my list of countries just for reading. 
Um, so that's two good ones. It never hurts, uh, never hurts to have a friend with a boat. And uh, yeah, I like your country to read books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because my friends in the States, they, they, don't, uh, they don't like inviting me out to parties. Uh, because like I'll come in, I'll speak, I'll say hi to everybody, I'll take shots. You know, if, if everyone's engaging, I'll engage for a bit. And then they'll look around and I'll be somewhere like off on a porch somewhere uh, reading a book. Uh, and I feel bad because they think that I'm not interested. But no, it's just like I'd just much rather read. Like I'm glad to be around you guys, but much more content just sitting here reading. Well, that's self-awareness and there's, there's nothing more valuable than that. Myself, I'm an introvert, so I get it, you know. If everybody else is jamming and the energy's there and I don't have to provide the energy, I'm cool. Yeah. But other than that, man, I'm listen, you'll find me out in the desert because I'm chilling. I ain't got no choice but to chill. You know, find all the shade and just do nothing. Um just do nothing. It's so common. But that that's it's a so gift com- though. That's what everybody works so hard for. Is, at least that's what they say. And then when you get the opportunity, they don't take it. It's like, what's going on? You know, I I, I think people when, when people say that, it's not so much um that that's what they want. They they feel that that's what makes them interesting and what i tell people is like no it's it's quite boring to have gone to another country and and all you can say is that you read um and so people kind of gravitate to that to that whole like oh i don't need people to have a good time vibe mm. but it's, it's quite boring it's quite stressful because there are times when i do want to reach out i'm like hey let's party but they're like oh well, you're going to sit in the corner and read so let me pretend like i've got something to do like i've got to file taxes so i don't want to hang out <laughs> Uh, so. <laughs> taxes schmaxes yeah we don't play that no i got you <laughs> so it's like a, it's a gift and a curse but nobody truly wants that nobody truly wants that that life of solitude nobody really does not all the because time we, not all the time for sure yeah for sure um well dude you shared a lot with us i know that we got you for a limited amount of time so i appreciate you stopping yeah. through um, yeah. I definitely want to know what kind of words of advice you'd have for somebody who hasn't yet set out or who maybe wasn't putting, wasn't their own travel agent, uh, at 16, uh, breaking out of the country to go to <laughs> Germany. Um, you know, someone who's considering it. And I think you brought a lot of enthusiasm and excitement to, to everything you really spoke about. Um, uh, how could someone get started? What are some things to consider? Like what, what sort of advice would you have for a first time traveler and specifically probably a black man? Um, don't worry about going with friends. Mm. Um, start local. Um, there's the United States is, is, is a weird country. Um, and that we're everywhere else in the world, uh, every other continent, North America, South America, Africa, you know, Europe, you can drive within two hours and pretty much be out of that country. Um, but in the United States, it would take you like a day, a full day of nonstop driving to get from one side to the other side. So it's such a big, it's such a big, a big country. Um, start small. Take a road trip out of your state. Take a road trip out of your city, and get comfortable with being by yourself. Because I think every everybody who travels will tell you, when you start planning a trip, it's thirty people. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when the next trip is. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. You, you know, you send them the message. Oh, well, I'm booking tickets today. Oh, well, yeah. I get paid next week. Hit me up next week. <laughs> You hit them up next week. Oh, yeah, I won't be able to go. I can't get the time off. I can't do this. And then it winds up being you and one other person. And a lot of times it's you and yourself. So you have to brace yourself for that, for, for that solitude that's going to happen. Um, and so taking a, a, a 10, 12-hour plane ride is nerve-wracking. Even to this day, I still don't like traveling, you know, flying by myself. Really? Um, yeah, I, I don't. I hate it. I hate, I hate being on a plane. And it's just me. Wow. Um, 
it because I feel so isolated. Um, and not that you know I'm I'm like Warren Buffett Jr. Um, but I've traveled a lot, so I've racked up a lot of points and a lot of miles. And there's a a lot of other cheats that I do to rack up miles. So I typically get like an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and sitting in that little cubicle that's basically on a plane in, in business and first class, you're kind of like isolated from everyone else. You've got a high wall divider. Um, you don't really see much of anyone else. It's just you, the flight attendant. And, you know, you kind of see peaks of other people walking past, but nobody really ever interacts. True. And first in business, everyone's eating, sleeping, enjoying. But in coach, I do find that, you know, I get to have a couple of more conversations with people here and there. Um, but yeah, you, you just got to get used to being by yourself, take some road trips, pick a city. There's so much to see in the United States. Um, start there. If you're not that jump out there full fledged with no parachute type. And just get used to traveling and seeing things and then work your way up. Dude, I think that's, that's awesome and practical. Actually, more important than being awesome, it's practical. Um, I know my dude, my journey was <laughs> quit my job, take a one-way ticket to Paris and figure it out. Like That is not the only way to play the game. And you're right. Our country is wild. Like there, <laughs> There's nothing else like it. Um, you know, you talked about going two hours. And for those who haven't maybe experienced it, like two hours, we're talking – you're in a different country. Yes, it has a different name, different language, different food. People mm-hmm. look different, different smells, like completely foreign. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's so much here in the States. There's so much variety that um, we have here that sometimes we forget. And um, I actually have a guest coming on the show. All He, he has a, um, a, a vlog about him going to different uh, national parks throughout the country. And it's amazing. I saw it and I was like, dude, you got to be on the show to show people like what's in their own backyard. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and for myself being in Dallas, I'm new here, but I should know Dallas as well as I know Paris. So I, that's a great yeah. reminder for me as well to be like, you know, engage. Um, I think people are really going to get a lot of value out of that. Yeah. Because not everyone's that, that, you know, jump out of the plane parachute kind of guy. Like I think people who make a, a lifestyle out of this, because it, well, what I would say is that people, um, compartmentalize, uh, people like us who travel a lot. Mm they make it out to be a hobby, but this is, this is a lifestyle for, for this nomadic way of living. Um, and it's much deeper than that. So when you say to yourself, I can't quit my job, I don't have that resolve and that, 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 uh, that hustle, it's a hustle to be able to drop everything and, and commit yourself to something. And it's, it's okay if you don't have it because we need people who, want to be fortune 500 presidents and, you know, retire at 60, 70, 30, 40. Teaching schools, run the power grid. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that we need people like that. And I think so much now, thanks to social media, a lot of people feel that they've wasted their life if they're not lit on the gram and they're not in a foreign country every week and they're not working a nine to five. No, like I wish I had the security of knowing that I'm going to get a check every two weeks. Like Mm. I envy that lifestyle, but I, I, I just can't I can't do that per se because the travel bug truly has latched on to me and working a true nine to five where I have to go into an office just doesn't fit into what I, what I want. So I, I've had to make some sacrifices. Um, and that's this is a note for people who are trying to make a true life out of this. You're going to make sacrifices. You're going to have to live very small. You're until you get to a place where um, like you're a, a, a mainstay travel contributor or you've got a partnership with Norwegian Air or Delta or American or 
you know, the Ritz Carlton or Hilton, where they are encouraging you and, and comping your entire stay, um, you're going to have to say, well, I'm eating ramen for a week to save up for this trip to, to Bangkok next week um, so that I can live this life. And it's, it's not comfortable by any means. It's not comfortable, but you, you find the joy in it. You find, you find so much joy in, in, in saying that I did that. Like, I made it happen. And I was sitting here, speaking of taxes, like I was sitting here getting everything ready for like, you know, for next year and starting to, you know, save away uh, money to pay taxes for next year. Um, and I was looking at it and I was like, wow, like you kind of have made like a little, you know, you made a little change, you know, right. for having a job. Like you made it work. You're not as, you're, you're not as dumb as you think you are, you know, and you're kind of <laughs> a little bit more savvy than, you know, what everyone gives you credit for. Um, so yeah, you, you just got to make those lifestyle choices. And that's other thing too, for those people who want to make that big leap and for anybody out there looking for a life change, do not be afraid to move home. Don't be afraid to rent a room out. Don't be afraid to have a roommate. Do not, do not allow consumerism, uh, to make you feel like a failure because you're 33 and you have a roommate or you're 33 and live at home. Um, the only reason why I don't move home is because I've got a really sweet live deal here in Atlanta, which is where I'm based out of. Um, and the travel out of Atlanta, I get more deals um, to the Caribbean and to South America. With Delta as the hub? Yeah, with Delta as the hub yeah. um, here. Uh, so I have, I'm, I'm really kind of in like a sweet deal. And uh, also like on the, a lot of these discount uh, travel sites like Travel Zoo. Travel Pirates, uh, my girl RachelTravels.com. She's got a blog where she helps you find um, uh, this, the flight deals. Momondo is another one that I use. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are based out of these West Coasts, particularly for Asia. Um, West Coast and in, in, in Chicago. Uh, Europe, you'll see a lot of it coming out of, uh, out of New York and Boston. Um, and being in Atlanta with Delta as the hub, I've got a really great deal to get me to those major cities to take advantage of of the of the of the cheap the cheap travel because you know you you see these ads that say oh you know cheap flight 327 gets you to europe um and then you go to put in your city and your city now with the flight to get to the city that they want you to leave from has now hiked the trip up to like 600 dollars. but and i'm really able to take advantage of of the the minimal cost because delta's here yeah, that is really smart planning. It's one of the reasons I moved to Dallas is because of the airports. I know I can get to anywhere I need to go to go somewhere else for almost nothing and consistently. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, more practical advice, man. I really, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and yeah, just just the small steps. You're, you're going to expand your comfort zone. You're going to learn and see something new. Um, and uh, you mentioned uh, Rachel Travels, which is someone we're, I mean, you're very aware of. You guys are friends. I know of her. I really appreciate her content. But I know you also got some other stuff popping off. So tell us what you got going on, what uh, kind of projects or other trips you got coming up. Yeah, so um, I'm, So right now what I'm working on is putting together a, uh, a, a nonprofit that, uh, that affords the opportunities to uh, inner city uh, children, um, I, I'm just going to be completely blunt. This may bite me in the ass later, but I'm really targeting black youth, mm-hmm. uh, black and Latino youth, to give them the opportunity to submit a, an essay um, on where they'd like to go and why, and then pulling together other essayists who are looking to go to that same city and sponsoring a trip of 10 to 12 children to go and spend a month abroad over their summer break 
um, and just, you know, get them excited about travel because I worked for a bit, like, you know, those of us who, who have kind of like shunned everything, you know, to go in and start traveling and kind of take that big leap. Um, we dabble here and there and, and fortune 500 companies and, you know, small companies here and there to, you know, save up money in between. And one of my in-between jobs, I worked uh, as a culture and climate coach um, in Newark, uh, New Jersey. Okay. And so for those who are familiar with New Jersey and New York, you can see New York City skyline from Newark, New Jersey. There's a train that costs $2.50. It's gone up to $2.75 now. Um, but it's $2.50 to take the train 10 minutes and be in New York City. And I've got students and parents of students who have never been outside of Newark yep. Um, yep. with it being so cheap. Just $2.50. That's, uh, for, you know, again, for those of us who live up north, that's five Lucy cigarettes. That's five loose cigarettes, <laughs> you know, at 50 cents a piece. And they have not seen what they can see from their own houses, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, granted, you know, my mom also, you know, kind of had that, you know, if you want to see the world, I'm going to make it happen kind of bug. And I just feel like there are so many other kids who want that experience um, that just need somebody in their corner. Um, and I know that not everyone's as scrappy as my mom uh, to get, get stuff done. So I want to be that advocate. I want to be my mom for those kids who have the idea. So I'm starting a foundation that will do that and afford that opportunity as well as give graduating seniors the opportunity to go on college tours abroad um, and let them see that if you don't get into Yale, you don't get into NYU, you don't get into University of Florida, Florida State, University of Texas, UC Berkeley, that there are other schools, both locally and abroad, that are willing to pay you to come and study there. And you can get just as quality of an education, if not better. If not better. <laughs> to set you up to be a global citizen. Um, and so I want to start, I want, I want my foundation to encompass that and give everyone the opportunity that if you've got an idea that America may not be your final resting place, or if you just want to see what it's like um, outside of just travel abroad, because it's, it's tough enough being a college student um, and, and study abroad, that there's somebody out there that's willing to advocate for you and, and make it happen. Um, so that's, that's like my big baby. Um, and then on top of that, like I'm working on a podcast now um, called Lit Shit. And it's basically, it's, it's a book club. It's not your mom's book club. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's going to talk about current events, it's going to talk about books and how it relates to us at this age. Mm -hmm. um, life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, it, it literally is uh, going to be like lit shit um, where every month there's like a meetup. You buy tickets, you show up, we play board games, we have an author there or celebrity that's, you know, in, in tune with the book. And, you know, we just discuss the book. Um, and, and the topics that relate to, to us. That's what's up, bro, dude. I love the positivity. I love that you are, you're trying to find ways and uh, to, to impact people and, and give the similar experiences that you were fortunate enough to have. Like that's super dope. Um, as we close out, bro, how can people get a hold of you if they want to contribute or just follow, see all these pictures? Uh, how can we get a hold of you? Yeah, so hold on. I, I feel really bad because I'm gonna have to look up my Twitter name now. <laughs> but on Twitter, I am this week. I'm Za Out Loud, Z A H Out Loud on Twitter, and on Instagram, uh, that's kind of gonna be a little tongue twister. But it's Za Padedu, um, Z A H underscore P A S 
D-E-D-E-U-X. Um, yeah, and uh, Facebook, Zaire, I think is my name on, on Facebook. Uh, there was a time where I was changing my name to like random stuff like Ptolemy Soder. And um, uh, there was like some running nicknames. Like I, I think I was uh, Gator Purified for a while on. on <laughs> and my mom was like, she was like, I can't tell my friends how to follow you. Can you make your name a regular name? So I changed my name to like Za, regular name again, Roberts. On- <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing because, yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> bet. Well, for those who didn't. Uh, Zaya Roberts on, on Facebook. But yeah, so just shout me out. Um, ZRoberts9 at Gmail. If you'd like to just shoot me an email, I check my email all the time. Um, any advice I've got, any connections I've got, um, I'll gladly pass them along to anybody out there. Uh, just don't screw me over. If I if I pass you along, come through and do quality work. Dude, that's you. You ain't said nothing on that. Yeah, come come through correct, y'all. <laughs> but um, dude, you've given so much. I'm gonna make sure all these different handles and ways to get uh to get access to you are on um the show notes. Um, dude, this is this has been great learning about your story. I had a blast doing it. I'm sure all the rest of us here at Point Noir are really digging it. Um, and your vibe, man. Appreciate the energy. So, um, dude, thanks for coming through, and uh, let's stay in touch, man. You're always welcome here at the Point, bro. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. And remember, a friend with a boat is a friend indeed. <laughs> is <laughs> it never hurts? I love it, dude. That's that's infamy right there. Um, listen, bro, we'll stay in touch. And uh, at least I know what I'll be doing the next time I'm in Atlanta. I'll be doing lit shit. I don't know about y'all. So, you know, yeah. get with the program and keep up with the dudes so that you guys know how to get involved, too. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Man, appreciate it, Zah. Talk to you soon, bro. All right. Thanks, man. Peace. Y'all seriously fooling if y'all don't leave that man a five-star review and clap it up like crazy on the Anchor app. 16 years old, jumping over to Germany, no permission slipping a black mama at home, living to tell the tale, that man's a legend. Zaire Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you follow him, keep up with his journey at Za underscore pas de deux, that's Za, Z-A-H underscore pas de deux, P-A-S-D-E-D-E-U-X. Also going to have it in the show notes. And I love his initiative to support black and Latino youth to travel the world just like he has. I think that's so dope. And there's nothing wrong with having a heart for the culture, bro. Hope to have you on the show again. Y'all, that was session two. In the books, we got it down. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. You already know the handle, at Jerry underscore the third. I want to know, one, do you have a boat? And two, what you catching off that boat? I love seafood. I'm trying to have a buffet, y'all, when I show up to your island. Hit me up. Let me know. Till the next time, hope you guys have enjoyed your stay at Point Noir. This is Jerry the Third, signing off. <laughs>